this morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you for the prayers last Sunday. Really appreciate that. Um, please just take note of the announcements that tomorrow we don't have service. I know some churches normally have services on Christmas Day, but we won't have a service tomorrow. And the following Sunday, we also won't have a service in the morning, but we'll have our crossover service in the evening. Okay? It will take place here from 9 until midnight. Who knows, we might end up partying even later than midnight. But if you want to start the year on a good foot, yeah, don't miss that service. It's got, there's going to be a lot of celebration, a lot of prayer and declaration. And so we're just going to celebrate um, into the new year. Awesome. And if you're still here and you still have library books that you haven't returned, please, please, please return those books to the library. Otherwise, there will be a fine. Yeah? If it's lost, please report it. Yeah? Don't just keep quiet with those books. Amen. All right. Um, so we'll continue with the message today. And because it's Christmas time, obviously this is going to be a Christmas message. And um, even just while we were worshiping, um, my heart was just filled with so much joy thinking about Christmas and how a lot of the times people are like, yeah, but it's not really the real birth of Jesus Christ and we're just participating in this pagan rituals and stuff like that. But I was really just reminded of the scripture in Colossians 2 verse 16 to 17 which says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Yeah? And then it goes on to say that, um, we, yeah, I mean, it's just speaking about not be, being judged about those things. And then it says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Okay? The reality is found in Christ. All the celebrations, all the stuff that, 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 that comes forth. I mean, even now, if you look at television, there's just a whole lot of um, um, Christmas movies. Yeah? And it's like Santa Claus 1, Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3, and then it's Santa and the elves, and then bringing the, the spirit of Christmas and all that. And then you've got the guys that are saying, yeah, but it's actually the birth of Nimrod. Why are we celebrating the birth of Christ on the day when Nimrod was born and all sorts of things. But the reality really here is that we're taking all the stuff that people are celebrating, the pagan celebrations and all this other stuff, and just putting a stamp of God on there and saying that we are actually celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Because he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he is above every other celebration that would be taking place right now, yeah? He, his birth transcends all. It's bigger, it's better, and it's worth celebrating, yeah? So while we're celebrating, let's, let's keep that, that, that alive in our hearts, the, the spirit of Christmas, yeah? That it's all about Jesus Christ. It's about giving him to the world. It's about celebrating God's goodness. And let's not get lost in Santa Claus and the elves and the trees and all these other things that come with Christmas. Amen. All right. Um, just want to pray for the message this morning. Father, we just want to thank you so much. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for who you are in our lives. 
We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can gather together this morning and just celebrate you, celebrate your goodness, oh Father God. We thank you, Lord, for every single person that is represented here, every family that is represented here, Father God, just coming together and celebrating you in our midst, you in this world, you in our lives, oh Father God. We're so grateful for what you've done for us, oh Father God, and we can never thank you enough, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness, and we thank you for your word this morning. Amen. Amen. So this message is entitled, Unto Us a Child is Born. And it's in line with Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. So if we could just read um, Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, if you guys could just follow with me there. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is one of those ancient prophecies ancient, old prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Yeah? He was prophesied years before he ever came into fruition, or he ever came into being. It was spoken about even before, I mean, right in the time of Abraham, right in the time of the Exodus, there was, the, the, the Israelites knew there was a Messiah that was coming. And he was not just coming to save one nation, But it was coming to reconcile the whole world back to God. And this is who we are celebrating. And just take note, it says, for a child, uh, I mean, unto us, yeah, a child is born. It is for our good. This son was brought into the world for our good. It's for our benefit that the Lord, I mean, God the Father sent Jesus down. So that we may benefit from it. And, and we must know that it says that a son is given to us. A son coming from the father. And how beautiful it is when we receive a son. Because the son really represents God's heart. It, the son always represents the father. So Jesus came from the father and he came to show us the heart of the father. Which is that heart of reconciliation. That heart of knowing that God loves us so much. We all know that scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved us that he sent us his son to come and dwell among us to show us how to live life, to show us how the father would want us to live. And bring us back to his heart. How beautiful is that? Yeah? And it says the government will be on his shoulders. He will carry leadership. Jesus came to show us the kingdom of God. 
Every time we read when Jesus was calling people to repentance, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah? He didn't just preach a salvation message. It wasn't just receive me and you will live a blessed life. It was receive me and you will enter a different kingdom. And he said it so radically that those that were following him was very excited. Because remember, the, the, the Jewish people were oppressed by the Roman um, Empire. And, 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 and they thought that once Jesus comes and he said he's going to be king, he was going to overthrow these guys. And then he was going to rule now. So the disciples and everyone that was following him were excited. They were just waiting for the time when he's going to put the crown on his head and say, step aside, Roman soldiers and Caesar and everybody else. I'm here now. I'm taking over. But what did he say? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. While people were looking for a physical kingdom, he said, it's not a physical kingdom. It's not of this world. This kingdom is within It starts within our hearts. It starts within us. That as we receive Jesus Christ, we recognize that we no longer belong to this world, but we are part of a different kingdom. And this kingdom is contrary to the world. The way we think, the way we do things in this kingdom is so different from what the world would expect us to do. Yeah? When we receive Jesus Christ, the minute we say, I, I receive you to come into my life, there needs to be a radical change of how we're living. Because this kingdom is, has different rules. <laughs> it operates differently. Yeah. There's only one word, and that's the word of the king. And as much as we, we always talk about Jesus being my best friend, being my brother, to, to, to encourage and help us understand that God wants us to have intimacy with him and, and Jesus wants us to have intimacy with him, we must never forget that Jesus is the king of kings. Yeah? So even though we're hanging out with Jesus, we're enjoying his presence, we can call him our older brother, we need to understand that his word is the final word in our lives. It's not optional. What the king says in his written book is what we need to live our lives by. Amen. Isaiah 22 verse 22 says, I will place on his shoulders the key to the house of David. What he opens, to, no, one, what he opens no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Yeah? When God decides a thing, Nobody can stop the work of God. He is all-powerful. He's almighty. Nothing can thwart his promises and his purposes in our lives. Or the purposes that he has for this world. As Mervyn was sharing this morning, saying, he, he is coming again. That is a sure promise. It's not a myth. It's not a fantasy. It's not, it's not some magical thing that we're believing in. But it's the truth that Jesus Christ will return. And sometimes when when we do uh, Christmas, we we focus so much on the baby in the manger that we tend to forget that this baby has grown up. (laughs) 
and is now seated at the right hand side of the father no longer in that manger yeah so we just need to remember that when we are part of that kingdom reigning and ruling with Christ and then it says um, that he will be called there's some attributes in this scripture attributes of how Jesus would be and what he will be to us and in the Hebrew when they say to be called it actually means to be his very being his very nature will be um, wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father and prince of peace wonderful counselor isn't that amazing amen can you guys move with me with the slides <laughs> I know it's a bit hot in here, but <laughs> yeah. So just knowing that, um, two slides down, just knowing that Jesus really came to rule and reign and show us the way to the Father. And he will be our wonderful counselor. Anything that we need, any question that we have he might not always answer all the questions that we have yeah we've seen sometimes jesus was answering people in parables he didn't always just shoot a straight answer but one thing we know is that if we come to him he will always give us the right answers in our lives there's nothing that we'll miss out on he's a mighty god he displayed his glory here on earth Miracle signs and wonders we've seen. He was healing the sick. Yeah? Blind people got their sight back. No? People under the, the worst of oppressions, they saw how God just healed through Christ. He came to take away the sin of the world. He came to restore us to the Father. He came to bring healing. And we've seen the mighty works that he has done and still continues to do today. It's not the end. He's still moving in our midst. Everlasting Father. Everlasting means one that lives forever and ever and ever. Forever. Saints, do you know that the life that we're living now is just a drop? In the scope of eternity. Eternity is longer and it's forever and ever and ever. And this life that we're living now is in preparation for us to go live forever and ever. Yeah. So imagine how will we live our lives if we know. Now, there's a place called forever that we're going to end up in. And that place highly depends on how we're living here now. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes we, we, we really make everything about this world now. I must consume as much as possible. I must do as, as all, all the things that I want to do. Build my house, do this, do this, do this. And we're not storing up treasures in forever. And, and God really wants us to have that in mind, that as we're living our lives, we are aware of forever. 
We need to be aware of that. Because that's where we're going to spend eternity. Amen. So, we've read in Isaiah that Jesus has come. He was given to us. And he's, he's really going to liberate. And he has been liberating people for all these years. But have we ever stopped to think just now where we're at? Even as we're celebrating Christmas. Have we ever just stopped to think, what are the things that have changed in this world? Or how great was the impact of Jesus Christ really in this world? That if he wasn't born, if he never lived, we, we would have been like, oh my goodness. This is the kind of world that we're living in. Have we ever just stopped to think about that? Just imagine for a while, a life, living a life, living in a world where Jesus never walked this earth. What would it be like? Have you captured that thought? If Jesus never came, what would the world look like today? It kind of helps us think, what is the impact of Christianity? In our lives today, in this world today. Was there significance or significant difference that has occurred since Christ walked this earth? Or not? Think about it. I've got a list of a few things that I would love to share. The first thing is the answer to sin. What is the alternative to, to freedom from sin if Christ hadn't died on the cross? What alternative will there be? Sacrifices that can never take away the wrath of God will be probably coming here with pigeons and goats and all sorts of things for our sin. And we could be so glad that, I mean, if you look at all the other religions, they're trying so hard to get to God by doing. It's about how much am I, how good am I? Trying so hard to work our ways into becoming acceptable to God. Whereas Jesus said, no, it's already done. I've done it for you on the cross. We don't, we're not in a relationship with God because of our righteous acts. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we don't need to be good, perfect people to come to church. We just come as we are and yield to God and he will do the rest. As we yield to him, as we yield our lives to him, as we say, Lord, I, I recognize this is my state right now where I'm at, but I know that you can change me. I can't change myself. He's the only one who gave a solution to the, to the um, 
question of sin in this world. You will find so many people going on pilgrimage, trying to find Christ, washing in holy water, all sorts of things. Trying to find not Christ, but trying to connect with God. With a higher power. But they can't do it without Christ. We can't do it without Christ. The cross has said it all. It has brought us together. It has reconciled us back to God. And it has given us hope for life. What about the sanctity of life? I mean, everybody knows the gospel. Jesus came to save us from sin. But do we recognize that before Christ came in the ancient world, it was quite dark, eh? It was really, really dark. Let's just look at children for a moment. It is the Bible that really teaches us that children are a blessing from the Lord. But before Christ, there was a very high rate of infanticide. If you didn't want a child, you could just go outside and leave the child in the woods to die. And people were literally leaving kids out there just to die. Especially if they were girls. Oh my goodness. They were being left out to die. Children had no value. So much so that even the disciples were shocked when when Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. For the kingdom belongs to them as well. There's some cultures where children are not even seen or heard. Just go outside. They're not important. But Christ came to show that children are important. He came to show us the value of of, of human life. People used to kill each other for sports. Gladiators. Kings were being entertained by people just running around, what do you call it, the Colosseum, killing each other. Yeah? This is real. But people who encountered Christ were able to speak into these situations and say, no, human life is valuable. We don't just kill people left, right, and center. Cannibalism. In some, in, in some cultures, some tribes, before the Bible got there, people were eating each other. If you were from a different tribe and they didn't like you, you will be hunted down and eaten. Yeah? Child sacrifices. Children were being sacrificed to ancient gods. So that people can, 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 can receive blessings. What about slavery? What caused the aboli- abolition of slavery? It was the truth of Christianity. That God created us all in his image and likeness. Yeah? Galatians 3 verse 28 says, There is no Jew, no Greek, slave, free, male, nor female. But we are all one and one in Christ. 
It was Christians that fought against slavery. And said we cannot, we cannot take people from one place to the next in a boat packed like sardines across continents to come and work the cotton fields. And still slavery continues today. So it's up to us to rise up and say this is not God's nature. Every single person is rec- recognized as um, valuable in the sight of God. And that's what Jesus came to do. I mean, in that time, the Pharisees, they were only hanging with the rich people, great people, just wanting to be seen. And here Jesus comes and is hanging around with tax collectors, drunkards, prostitutes, all these people that society normally looks down on. And he's saying, I want them to know that in my father's eyes, they're valuable too. That came with the truth of Jesus. This is what Jesus came. I mean, the gospel went out, but it transformed society. What about women? If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be standing here. (laughs) Isn't it? There's some religions even, I mean, in India, even Islam, a woman is worth nothing. You are just your husband's property. In India, if, if, if your husband dies, then you are like nothing. You might as well die with your husband. I mean, they had that horrible practice called sati. Where if, if a woman loses her husband, they burn her alive. Yes. Because now you're a widow. You're worthless without your husband. What gave you value was the fact that you were married to this man. Some people pray and they thank God. Thank God I'm not a woman. In some religions, being a woman is like the lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. But what did Jesus do? He came to restore that value. That as a woman, we're treasured, we're loved. We're accepted and known by the Father. So much so, in fact, the first witness... The person who witnessed the resurrection, the first person was a woman. Now in the world where he was, this is unheard of. A woman's witness meant nothing. If we were looking for people to testify and only the woman was at the scene of, of, of crime, oh sorry, that testimony is not valid. It wasn't. But today, we've got women who are taught that you're valuable. You can go to school. Right? You have freedom to choose to work or not work. There's still people that are fighting for this right. 
where the seed of Christianity isn't touched, people are still fighting for this right. And it's a pity that a lot of feminists love saying, no, Christianity is just trying to limit women in all sorts of things. But if anything, Christianity has really liberated women. Really, really, really. And I know sometimes because of our cultural mindset and background, we still find it hard to believe and grasp. <laughs> but it is so. The Word of God says that He will pour out His Spirit on everyone, male and female. He will use them as His servants. Yeah? I mean, ju just think about women in Islam for a moment, Muslim women. What their lives are like. Only Jesus came to show us that there is value in every single person's life. Regardless of their skin color, regardless of their dialect or their accent, regardless of what they look like, whether they're short, they're tall, they're rounder, they're thinner, The spirit that is within these people is all God-breathed spirit. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to know that? Yeah? It's really beautiful to just see what Christ really came to transform. How far things have gone. What about the idea of hospitals? Hospitals came as a result of people believing in Jesus Christ. Yeah? It was the missionaries that believed that God wanted people well and taken care of. And they could only do that if they had the heart of Christ, which is love, compassion, and mercy. Hospitals were built everywhere where missionaries went. They always did two things. They would build a hospital and a school. The Red Cross, Salvation Army. All these charities were rooted in Christianity. It's people who understood the gospel, who understood the word of God, who understand that God loves people. And he wants to take care of people. That understood that true religion is this. To take care of the widows and the orphans. Isn't it? So, we can see that the kingdom that Christ really came to bring, once we, we, we grasp it, it cannot just leave the environment the same. There will be radical change. I mean, I've mentioned education already. Most of the world's colleges, universities, schools were started mainly for the purpose of educating the masses and primarily educating them in the Word of God. Universities were built to educate people in the Word of God. 
Even now, they're removing the word. <laughs> that was why they were built in the first place. This is the work of Christ in action. Yeah? What about signs? Most people don't know that science actually has its origin in God. Eh? Nowadays, we're always saying, no, science is different from God. God. Most scientists don't like Christianity. They're not into God because, no, you know, the things about Christianity, you can't really prove, you can't taste, you can't feel, you know, you need to make an experiment to be able to, to have tangible results. But we, if we look at some of the greatest scientists that ever walked this earth they were christian they believed in god and blaise pascal says this himself he said faith tells us what the sense cannot but it's not contrary to their findings it simply transcends without contradicting them should i read that again faith tells us what the sense cannot. But it's not contrary to their findings. It simply transcends without contradicting them. This is Blaise Pascal. He's saying that faith gives us the ability to be able to do these experiments. But where we cannot see, faith always transcends. It's greater than the experiments that we're doing. That's amazing. Really, really amazing. There's some scientists here that really love God, like Isaac Newton, Michael Faraday, um, Joseph Lister, who did antiseptic surgery. So there are a lot of scientists. I mean, the, li the list is endless that will show what these people actually believed in God while they were doing their research. It was more to, to see how big God is and not to disprove God. Nowadays, science has become a study of trying to disprove God, <laughs> disprove religion, disprove Christianity. But it didn't start like that. What about politics? Has Christianity influenced politics? It is. In what way? Democracy. Freedom to vote. I'm hearing freedom to vote. What else? Freedom to vote and representative um, leadership. Where we want, I mean, when you look at parliaments, you, you want every people group to be represented. And that really comes from um, the Bible. There are a lot of principles that when followed, biblical principles of leadership and government, that when followed, a country will stand well. No? And we can, say, we can see this especially in the states when they founded their nation. That nation was founded on Christian principles, and they sought to lead 
as far as possible according to the word of God. So there's so many things that Jesus or the life of Jesus here on earth has influenced. So many. That sometimes we don't look at it. We just forget. I mean, a lot of the times, especially here in Africa, I've seen so many people that are anti-Bible. They're anti-Bible, anti-God, um, not, yeah, anti-Christianity. Because it's really the white man's religion, isn't it? And they came with a Bible and a gun. There's actually a documentary like that. The Bible and the gun. They brought you the Bible so that we become submissive and into this book. And then the gun to take the land. That's what most of us believe. Yeah? Believing that this, this, this um, gospel is, was really only for the white people. And we would have been so much better if the white people hadn't come here with the gospel. Do you know that there's some people that's, that believe that? I'm so glad I'm in a church where I can speak comfortably about these things. <laughs> yeah? But the reality is, if we did not receive this message, the way this continent would have been looking like today, darkness yeah cannibalism child sacrifices witchcraft female circumcision all these weird things that used to happen yeah there, there's so many things I mean look at the, our education because the missionaries came, they built schools. Look at how they worked hard to get the Bible in all the different languages. They studied the cultures to understand how they think, how people talk, what it sounds like, so that they can write down, translate the Bible. Yeah? Not just in Africa, in South America, all over the world. Even in Europe itself, when the gospel came, it was a dark planet. <laughs> huh? During the dark ages, <laughs> the middle ages, it was dark. There were all these pagan rituals and beliefs and stuff that people were doing. But Jesus came to show the world. And shake all these things. So that we can enter into this kingdom. That God is calling us into. Yeah. And there's still a lot of work to be done. As our minds are being shifted more and more. We're beginning to see more and more. Becoming more like Christ. There's been a lot of transformation that has happened in cultures because of the birth of Jesus Christ. That touches so many areas of life. 
I'm even just thinking here, I'm thinking about polygamy. Hmm? Rival wives. There's so much. So this morning, we really have so much to be grateful for. As we're celebrating the birth of Christ, let's not just look at the baby in the manger. But let us look at what has the seed of the gospel produced. And how can I be a part of even furthering this? Because Christ came, he lived, he died to be, I mean to take on the sins of the world. And here he is inviting us into that place of intimacy with him. So that we can continue extending this kingdom. And we can do it, not by ourselves, but through the power of God. I mean, the last, the, the last line there in that scripture, in Isaiah, if you can just go back to that slide with Isaiah. It says, from that time on, um, the third row from the bottom, from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Saying that this is, Something that's not going to be done by the arm of flesh, but it's going to be done by the arm of God himself. He's going to do it by his spirit. And it's going to grow. Nothing will be able to stop Christ from being on that throne. Such a reminder of that dream that I think it was Nebuchadnezzar that had and asked Daniel to interpret it. The one with the statue. That all this, uh, it was clay, it was, uh, it was iron, it was gold and, and, and bronze. That finally the whole statue was hit. Yeah? It fell to the ground. It was hit by a small rock. It fell to the ground. And this rock that was so small grew bigger and bigger and bigger. Until it filled the whole earth. That is what Jesus came to do. It started off as a small revolution. Just Jesus and 12 disciples that he called out. And before he knew it, he had a mob of people following him. And even after his death, they continued more vigorously, full of zeal. To make sure that this gospel doesn't stay in one place. When it became too comfortable, persecution broke out. <laughs> and they were scattered, those that knew the word, to go into all these other places and preach this gospel of Jesus Christ. So saints, I really just want to encourage us this morning that again, the best gift we can give people this year during this festive season is the gift of Jesus Christ. It's the gift of Jesus Christ. As we're spending time with our loved ones, they may not know the Lord. Maybe even our neighbors. We must remember, you know, to share the good news with them. 
Because sometimes people get caught up in the celebration. Yeah, it's Christmas and it's drinking parties and, and bry and all this stuff. And in the mind, it's, it's just a festive thing that we're doing. But do they know Christ and Him crucified? Do they know why that baby came here into this world? I mean, when I, sit, I stand here and just looking at the vastness of the people sitting in this room this morning, looking at the different cultures, looking at the different shapes, looking at the different colors, and just thinking that we are one. We're gathered here from nations afar and near under the banner of Jesus Christ, worshiping him together. Isn't that so beautiful? And it's going to be so glorious in heaven. There's going to be more. And we're going to be singing songs of adoration to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I really want to encourage us. While there's a whole lot of things happening, a whole lot of traditions of celebrating Christmas and gifts and all sorts of things, let us not forget that the whole celebration is to remember the son that was given to us for our benefit and the benefit of the world. Let's stand and pray. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Father, this morning, we just want to thank you so much for knowing you, Lord. We want to thank you that we can be gathered here this morning under your banner as a people that are sold out to you. A people that desire to love you more and more each day. And Lord, even now, Father God, as we're standing, I just pray that you'll just remind us of your goodness in our lives. We'll just remember the times when we thought we couldn't make it. Remember the times when things were tough. Remember the times when we felt worthless and how you've encouraged us to step out and trust you and believe in you and allow you to carry us. And therefore, we thank you so much for all the wonderful testimonies of your goodness that are represented here in this room. Testimonies of freedom, testimonies of love, testimonies of life, testimonies of healing, testimony of family, testimonies, Father God, of your goodness towards us. And I thank you, Lord, that you continue to mold us into the vessels that you've called us to be. That you will remove anything that would want to limit you in our lives, anything that would want to take your place. Father, we pray this morning that we'll stay close to you, Jesus. That it's all about you. 
It's all about your kingdom. It's all about your glory. It's all about what you've called us to, Father God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, for your compassion towards us, that you continue to pursue us over and over and over and over. I just sense this morning that there's someone that you've really been feeling so distant from God. And you feel like God has separated himself from you. But I really sense the Lord saying that he is pursuing you. Even though you don't see it, he is pursuing you wholeheartedly. And he wants you to come back to him. It's not about the sensation. It's not about the feelings. It's about you being reconciled back to the Father. Father, we thank you for that restoration right now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Lord. And I also sense for another person, I I just see a tie being tied together. And I really believe the Lord is saying that He is tying together the loose ends in your life. It's been like things have just been hanging loosely all over. You're not knowing exactly where to put your finger. But this morning, the Lord just wants you to know that He's tying together the loose ends. And you will no longer feel like you're just floating to and fro, but that you're in the center of God's will. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to invite to do an invitation. If there's anyone here who doesn't know the Lord or you feel very far from the Lord, God wants you to be in relationship with Him. So if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, you don't have a relationship with Him, or you just feel distant, Please just come after the service here in front. There will be people waiting to minister and speak into your life. Otherwise, I just want to say, God bless you. May you have an awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday and a great Christmas day tomorrow, celebrating with family. Those who are German are celebrating this evening already. (laughs) So God bless you and take care. And remember the love of God to spread it wherever we go. Amen.